0: Hello, Woodlane community. This is Pastor Brian, and you are listening to the Woodlane Worship Podcast, episode 022. If you are listening to this, you are an honorary member of our community where we seek to bring the presence of Christ to those around us. On this week's episode, have you ever felt like you're wearing a target on your back? Like everything out there, maybe even aliens included, are dead set on making your day difficult? That's not a new experience, especially for those who are trying to love Jesus. So, what's the breakthrough that can help us survive such seasons? You can probably find it in your own house. This happened to be on a special Sunday that we had the East Palmyra Christian School Select Choir helping us to lead worship. So I had the chance to share with more students than I normally have. It was really a great blessing to our community. I hope this episode will be the same for you.
1: You ever have a day where it feels like you're wearing a Target on your back? (laughs) Like everything between... The streetlights and the family cat are there to make your day horrible. They'll go against you. You ever think that those random days off that you guys get from school are actually conspiracies? All your teachers to sort of plan your exams and final projects to all be due the same day?
0: I know I have plenty of those.
1: It's like you're one step away from wearing a tinfoil hat because you're thinking, well, you know what? Everything else is trying to wreck my day. Why not aliens too? Days like that can beat us up. It doesn't even have to be all big things. Sometimes those little things that just kind of get at us, that poke at us, can turn any day into a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. So what do we do? Oftentimes we're praying, God, why me? What's the purpose? What's the point of this? Why am I going through this? I guarantee they were probably praying a prayer like that at our church that we're looking at today, the Church of smart. So today, we're gonna find out how to wade our way through that by seeing the purpose behind it. With a little help from this guy. Let's pray together. God, transform us today through your word. Help (laughs) us to see it and see our lives within it. Amen. The passage for today comes out of that big, scary book We call the book of Revelation. Just four verses out of Revelation 2. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna, these are the words of the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. I know your affliction and your poverty, even though you are rich. I know the slander on the part of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but they are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Beware The devil is about to throw some of you into prison so that you may be tested. And for ten days you will have affliction. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Whoever conquers will not be harmed by the second death. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. This week we continue our look at the letters that Jesus wrote to the churches in the book of Revelation. And last week, we had a difficult one in the message that is written to the church at Sardis. Now, if you're following along biblically, you're not doing these in order. But though there was a lot of tough love in that message that Jesus writes, the principle, the takeaway, is simple, because it guides how we read the book of Revelation, and really, how we read a lot of the tough passages in Scripture. Here's the Bible, read, obey, Answer. Repeat. Read. Obey. Okay. Repeat. Repeat. And today, we get to take a step back from that tough love kind of message. Because the church at Smyrna is one of the two that has the unique distinction that they don't have any, but I have this against you statements within the letter. them, in Philadelphia. It's kind of like the biblical are pulling cool up, so we need to talk. Anybody like the conversation that starts out like that? No, Jesus doesn't have a hard word for the Church of Smyrna. He even calls them rich. It doesn't mean that life was easy for the church or for the Christians in the town. Now, the town of Smyrna had a lot going for it. They had a great location. Anything that was coming into Asia Minor probably passed through Smyrna. They had that, those ports on the Aegean Sea. They had a culture of the ancient Olympics that often took place in their hometown that a certain culture, a certain ambiance to it. Now, for these kind of things, you may think, well, how could life be so difficult at such a place? They got all these things going on, they're in the right place, you got a certain culture and appeal to them? Well, there's two sides to every corner. And they are also one of the primary cities of worship. Now, let me kind of flesh this out a little bit. industries back in this area had guilds to them. Kind of like the idea of unions. It would help your business if you were a part of the guild, whether it's the woodworking guild or the craftsman guild. But in order to become a member of the guild, you had to worship the emperor. And so to be a Christian, worshiping Yahweh, God, difficult business. To make matters worse, the Jews, God's own people, they were okay with Rome. Rome was alright with the Jewish religion they turn the Christians in. Say, hey, here's a bunch of people that aren't worshipping the emperor. Take them off. Kill them. So many have story. They don't like that. That's where Jesus uses those words. I know your affliction. I know your poverty. I get it. Here's the fact. The Christian life never was, is not, never will be easy. And I say this to everybody. But I'm particularly going to point this to you guys. Because when you guys graduate from APCS, whether that is in days or years, that command to be faithful that he gives is not going to be an easy You guys will experience enough of the examples, so I won't hurry you with them. But while you have a Christian community around you, whether that's school, whether that's your church, your family, hopefully all three, Build the most solid foundation you guys can. Because then when those examples, those abstract examples that I could give you actually become a part of your real life, you'll have something that grounds you, that holds you steady, that allows you to be faithful, as Jesus says. Now, I don't say this because I studied it out of some 19th century commentary on my desk. I say this because I've lived it and I've seen it. And it's going through that, and having that desire through that to share the good news with students like you that got me to the place where I can be doing it before you right now. Now, I may not know all of you well, but as astute cohorts of the very excellent Mr. V, I'm guessing that 63% of you hear what I'm saying and you're like, wait, you just finished a bit about how life is going to be hard. How we're going to look at the Church of morning and say, I get it. And yet you finished with the words, good news. Pastor Brian, you need to fire your sermon editor. <laughs> no, I don't. Yes, I did. Because the story is not over. Now check out who writes it. These are the words of the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. Now John very well could have said, Jesus. These are the words of Jesus. But he did Bible study tip for everyone. When the writer uses traits and characteristics instead of the name, pay attention, because they're doing it for a reason. He is doing it <coughs> to remind us that these are the words of the first and the last. The Alpha and the Omega, as it appears in other parts of our religion. That we are following a king that is not limited by time. Not shackled by time. That we are following a king who was dead and came to life who looked at death, took the worst that it had, and said, is that all you got? It reminds us, that is the king. Don't we? When we read about Smyrna, we go, and we go, yeah, I get it. That's the king yeah. So what do we do in those times? In those times, when verse 10 seems to be the guiding verse of our lives. When John says, Beware, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison so that you may be tested. And for ten days, you will have affliction. Well, I'm going to amplify one phrase out of that verse to start to give us the answer. The devil is about to throw some of you into prison so that you may be tested. Now, I'm going to go to the experts on this. Experts? <laughs> I heard... Doing the grapevine that Regents are starting this week, are they? You guys have a little bit of experience with tests. Does anybody get to test day or those days ahead of it and go, "Yay, test day is coming! This is so awesome! This is I'm really, really excited!" <laughs> All right, Andrew, we have one person getting ready for law school. Law school church. I knew there had to be one. Slightly more serious question. Do you ever take a test and think, my teacher, my test designer, whatever test it might be, made this test and they hope I fail this thing? Now, Mr. V, I'm sure you've given a number of tests. I am going to guess and I'm going to bet the next five minutes of this message on what your answer is going to be. So I, I, I'm counting on you here. I'm guessing nothing makes you happier as a teacher than when your students do well on a test, especially a difficult one. (laughs) Now, we have a lot of teachers within this community. I'm guessing that is kind of the spirit of the profession. That your desire is that when you give a test to students, which is a necessary evil of the student-teacher relationship, and as teachers, you hope that it goes well, that they do well, that they excel. You know what? There's something to there. do. Because teachers, you have tests, but they want their students along. God may allow us to be in situations that test us, but he does so to stretch us. The devil is going to hope that you will break under the circumstances. That you will ask God why meat and you will crack. God will take those very same circumstances and use them to grow us, to mature us, so that we lack nothing. Now the town of Smyrna itself, the name comes from this gum resin that doesn't look like very much. It's not very impressive when you see it's physical. Myrrh. You may know it from gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now why would Jesus be offered this gift of something that just looks like a light brown rock? Except that myrrh is used as a perfume. How do you get the fragrance out of this look-like-nothing resin? You crush it. And the more you crush it, and the more you beat it, the more fragrance it becomes. That is what we do we reframe the situation, the circumstances. When the time comes that you want to pray, God, why me? Instead, pray, God, let me see. Let me see what I'm supposed to learn in this situation. Let me see how you are going to grow me through this. Let me see. Just let me see that you are still at work. Even if I don't get The answers to those other questions, to those other prayers. When we do that, it reframes the problem. So all of a sudden now it's an opportunity. An opportunity to learn, to grow, to see God work, and sometimes in ways we never would have imagined. So that's my challenge to you this week. Whenever you want to pray, run into one of those situations, and you want to pray, God, why me? And you just want to throw your hands up instead let me see. I hope you don't have a lot of opportunities to practice this this week. Because that usually means something bad is going on. But when the next time comes, you want to say, God, why me? Pray, God, let me see. Practice this. That we may get together again next week. More mature, more complete than I
0: Thanks again for listening to the Woodlane Worship Podcast. I hope we've given you something to make you think. If you'd like some more information about our community, check us out at woodlanechurch.org or visit our Facebook page at Woodlane Newark. If you happen to be in the Finger Lakes area, come check us out live on a Sunday morning at 9.45 a.m. On next week's episode, when we love somebody, we usually want what's best for them. This is especially true for a child. A parent wants their child to grow up and learn well. Sometimes this seems easy, sometimes not so much, both for the parent and the child. Can good come out of those not-so-easy moments? When we look at our lives as God's children, you bet it can. Find out more next week with God, love, and the timeout chair.